Seth Spins contains mild adult language. The views of the members of this podcast do not reflect the views of Viking Fusion or Viking Fusion staff. Viewer discretion is advised. everybody and welcome back to Seth Spins. Um, this is season four episode one which is pretty exciting. Huge round of applause. You know how it is. Um, I've been really excited to do this season because this is um, something that I've been waiting to do for a while ever since the summer finally hit. Um, this has been my first sort of extended break from the podcast in a while and we also got a BEA award recently so it's getting a little bit more official so snaps all around. Um, I'm really excited to talk to my special guest for today. Um, Ben, would you like to sort of introduce yourself a little Uh, bit? Hi, I'm Ben Samuels. I'm a creative tech major with an an entrepreneurship minor and a minor in art as well. Yeah, yeah. So well-rounded, well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we're just here today to talk about a bunch of different topics. Uh, On the docket for today, we have more Tyler the Creator, which we are all very familiar with, Mm -hmm. Um, Vampire Weekend, Wallows, Hippocampus, and a little bit about Wes Anderson, believe it or not. So just ready to jump into it? Absolutely. Alrighty. So the first artist I wanted to discuss was Tyler, the creator. Um, I've discussed Tyler on the podcast for several different reasons, ranging from sort of general influence with Odd Future Wolfgang Kill Them mm-hmm. All to artistic adventures in like Flower Boy, Igor, and like his sort of later works. But what the opportunity arose is that um, he recently dropped a new album, mm-hmm. uh, Calling If You Get Lost, which sort of derives from an era of DJ drama, gangster girls mixtapes, and these very offbeat features for somebody so artistically inclined. Mm-hmm. Um, so my questions for you are like, how does Call Me If You Get Lost sort of stack up to his previous projects, especially the last two, Flower Boy and Igor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really enjoyed the new album and... I think that it's definitely out of the like three latest ones. I think it's definitely it definitely holds up and be compared to I think Igor probably the best just mm-hmm. because a lot of it is allowing him to express himself and just kind of like do really whatever he wants to. You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely a little bit more like free form. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the sense that I mean, obviously he kind of wanted it to be more of a mixtape, yeah. despite the fact that it's not a mixtape mm-hmm. in any sense of the word. Um, and I think Igor kind of allowed him to do something he wanted to do, yeah. while I think Flower Boy still has some of the trappings mm-hmm. of his early work. Um, for better or for worse, obviously, I still think that's a, an amazing album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely has a little bit of a little bit of a vibe shift, because um, mm-hmm. something I've been meaning to talk about is um, when I last talked about Tyler, the Creator, specifically about Igor, we were going through this shift where he had gone into this hard lane pop direction Mm -hmm. or sort of lo-fi direction away from rap and what i thought was really interesting is that he had some more artistic cuts on flower boy he had some more rap cuts on igor but it was interesting to see call me if you get lost drop because it ended up being just a rap record like it there there are singing features there are a couple of songs Mm -hmm. that i think definitely veered toward that lane but Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes this is a mixtape rap album yeah and i i just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, I think that it kind of goes back to his album Wolf just a little bit, mm-hmm. just where he's kind of like doing new stuff, and it's kind of reminiscent of his older stuff as well, too. Um, yeah. Would you would you say that Wolf and Call Me If You Get Lost have a lot of similarities in a way? I wouldn't say that they have a lot. I do think that they have a couple, mm-hmm. um, because with Wolf there's definitely a narrative going on, like... Mm-hmm from the beginning of the album to the end of the album, there's mm-hmm. a whole, like, 
storyline, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But with Call Me If You Get Lost, it has that kind of, but probably less so. I mean, mm-hmm. so. It's a little bit more freeform. I yeah. mean, there's definitely some album uh, tracks on Call Me If You Get Lost that are not necessarily take it or leave it, mm-hmm. but they're definitely meant to be there just for fun. Yeah. Um, and then there are definitely some songs that are there for a very specific reason. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that I've talked about this in particular with other people, but the uh, something that Tyler Creator does for anybody listening is his 10th track on all of his albums is a dual cut. So mm-hmm. it is a track with usually a beat switch and it is a very long, like almost, you know, five, 10 minute track. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I believe this one's called Sweet. And then... And... Uh, I Thought You Wanted to Dance. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, so Sweet slash I Thought You Wanted to Dance. It's almost 10 minutes long, and it is absolutely central to the progression mm-hmm. of the album. I think most people agree it's probably the best song on yeah. the album. Um, I know Brent Fias has this huge feature on Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it's Fanna Hughes. I'm not positive. Um, on the second part of the track. But it's really interesting to see that kind of thing coming from Tyler, the creator. Um, and then there's also Wilshire, which is mm-hmm. an eight-minute track that's pretty much just rapping. I mean, mm-hmm. the beat is very low-key, almost gives me, if you've heard Mad Villainy, it gives me a little yeah, bit of like definitely. an MF Doom kind mm-hmm. of, uh, almost mm food kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so that was always really interesting to see, too. Um, but then there's also other tracks. Like, um, I know something I mentioned in a later question, but I'll sort of touch on now, yeah. is that there are some tracks that I think are designed to show off the feature mm. a little bit more than it is to show off Tyler's rapping. Not that he's not rapping very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, um, for example, 42 Doug, um, yeah. NBA Young Boy, Daisy World, those are some examples of um, people that are on tracks that I think are designed to showcase those artists. Because mm-hmm. I remember listening to this album for the first time and seeing 42 Doug and going, how is this going to work with a Tyler, the Creator album, mm-hmm. especially in his sort of new direction? And it ends up working perfectly. Yeah. And then NBA Youngboy, I was like, these are completely different artists. What's mm-hmm. he going to do? And then it, he ended up singing on the track, yeah. and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gorgeous. Um, and I remember Daisy World was just somebody I had never heard of. Yeah. I was like, what's this going to sound like? And it's like my favorite feature on the album. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was really interesting. Um, did you sort of pick up anything like that where it's like some of those tracks definitely felt like they had different sort of yeah. goals? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's Lumberjack with Lil Uzi on it. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of a place for him to showcase his work too. Um. Mm-hmm. No, no, he's, it's interesting with Lil Uzi Vert. Because he's an established artist, yeah. Whereas a lot of these people of, uh, are either very new or yeah. very young. Um, but Lily Zabert's been around for a while. He's been famous mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but I, I totally noticed the feature too because it was not a run of the mill yeah. Lil Uzi verse. Mm-hmm. Big air quotes. Um, it definitely had a different flow. It had a different style. It was clearly a first that he wanted specifically to have on yeah. that song. So I thought that kind of blew me away a little mm-hmm. bit. It was one of the best moments on oh, the album. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so going on to the next question, um, do you think he successfully imitates that mixtape aesthetic? I think he does, um, just because like there are different vibes from the like start of the album, mm-hmm. and then it leads to a different one, and then like it makes you feel different things throughout the album. Like mm-hmm. with with Lumberjack, he, right. he talks about has like relationship with his father, kind of ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like he... A bit of a flex track, too. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of a flex track, as they kind of all are. It's definitely yeah. more of a pompous mm-hmm. album than his last two. Yeah. Um, but I do think it does give a mixtape kind of vibe, just because it's, I don't know, it just kind of feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. 
Um, and I say successfully imitate because, again, I don't personally think it's a mixtape. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely getting the vibe that this is a commercial studio yeah. album through and through. Um, but I do think it, it tries to sort of emulate that by virtue of having all these different styles that kind of just mm-hmm. come and go as they please. It's very track by track. Yeah. Um, I know people that listen to it who like the entire album, obviously, mm-hmm. but they people's favorite tracks are going to be different yeah. completely depending on their personality. Like, it's not, you know, one of the cases where it's like, this is a clear best song on the album. This clearly mm-hmm. had the most effort put into it. It's very clear, like, what he wanted to do mm-hmm. whenever. Um, I'm so just yeah. curious, what's your favorite track off the album? Um, I really like the track Rise. That's mm. the track that's sort of been an earworm mm-hmm. for me. Um, and that's definitely one that's more of a feature showcase. Um, mm-hmm. Juggernaut, I think, is fantastic. Um, in general, I think the album's kind of backloaded with my favorite tracks, mm-hmm. like sort of the latter half. Um, I think Sweet is probably one of my favorite yeah. moments as well because um, I think the um, production, especially the chord progression, is mm-hmm. kind of insane. Um, so that's been really interesting too. Um, but I'd say my favorite is probably Rise. Rise. Right on. Yeah. Um, and then the last question for this particular album and mm-hmm. this particular artist, um, how do you think the features and especially the ones I sort of mentioned mm-hmm. impact the album? Because I think they are very offbeat and very off the yeah. wall. And, and not only has he been known to be somebody who brings off the wall features before, but mm-hmm. like, this is like a whole new level. I mean, I know that on Flower Boy, he brings in like Jane Smith, um, Estelle's on there, mm-hmm. um, ASAP Rocky, but those aren't necessarily off the wall features yeah. for Tyler Creator. Those are very, you know, they're going to be within his camp, mm-hmm. right? But um, talking about like 42 Doug and NBA Youngboy, those are, those are surprising. Those are features that you would not expect. Yeah. So do you think that they positively impact it? Do you think they negatively impact it? I think they definitely positively impact the whole album just because it's like getting more people to cooperate and not cooperate, but like mm-hmm. participate. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of interesting to see all these different people just mm-hmm. come in and help with the whole album and right. I think it's really just interesting to hear how they like because with um hmm. I know I know that one thing I've noticed with that kind of thing is um there's sort of this idea of like a rap auteur now yeah. kind of like with Wes Anderson that we're going to talk about later mm-hmm. like an auteur um especially I believe with Kanye West and Travis Scott those mm-hmm. are sort of the two big names in that sphere where their albums definitely hinge on features Mm -hmm. and the idea is that they're showcasing people's talents no matter how long the feature is how short the feature is where the feature is the idea is just to bring everyone together yeah um i know that an excellent example is um travis scott will use like sheck west just for an ad lib Mm -hmm. but like it's perfect or um i remember there was a um an ASAP mob tape where they used Playboy Cardi's ad libs because they just wanted Playboy Cardi's ad libs right so yeah I think there's definitely an element of that sort of coming into his music. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely different from, like, Flower Boy, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think that he's sort of coming into that aesthetic a little mm-hmm. bit, and I'm really excited to see if he keeps doing that. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Tyler? Uh, I mean, I really like him. and Yeah, yeah. Know, no, I, kinda... I highly recommend him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, switching gears, yes. Vampire Weekend. Yes. Um, I'll just throw questions at you and you answer them how you see fit. Absolutely. Um, so Vampire Weekend has been hailed as sort of one of the most consistent and critically successful indie bands of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of other classic indie rock outfits like the Strokes and Arctic Monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vampire Weekend's along with them. They've released like several seminal albums in the genre, including mm-hmm. their self-titled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Contra's a huge one. Love Contra. Um, so just et cetera, et cetera. 
how does their discography stack up against other bands from that genre? And like the ones I mentioned. I think that if you compare them to like The Strokes and um, Arctic Monkeys, I think they do stack up pretty well. Mm -hmm. Just because, I mean, in my mind personally, I think The Strokes and um, Arctic Monkeys are kind of in the same like uh, indie rock more so than just kind of indie in general. That's true. And so um, with Vampire Weekend, they're kind of leaning heavily into kind of like off the beaten track. Mm -hmm. And um, like they are definitely comparable to um, The Strokes and Arctic Monkeys and Mm -hmm. other bands of that time and genre. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that they definitely stack up. Mm-hmm. They definitely sort of ride this in between, between like indie rock, like I mentioned, yeah. but also those sort of straight indie alternative bands. Yeah. Um, trying to think of a good example. Um, maybe like Animal Collective, something mm-hmm. like that, where it's, the aesthetic isn't necessarily that they're a rock band or a yeah. guitar-focused band, but they're a band that uses guitar in their music, mm-hmm. and then their music is sort of ill-defined. It's kind of like funky. It's just kind of funky yeah. and fresh, you know? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, so in general, you think that they just kind of yeah. Stack I up think well. that I mean personally, I like Vampire Weekend the best, mm-hmm. um, just because of their kind of alternative and mm-hmm. weird at some points mm-hmm. music. Um, but that's just kind of yeah. Um, do you have any particular favorites from their discography? Any albums that really stand out to um, you? Because I know that they're they're similar but different. Yeah. Right. Like especially the first three are, mm-hmm. are distinctly similar in some ways. Yeah. Um, I know their production is very similar because mm-hmm. um, Rostam is this sort of huge influence on them, and we'll talk about Rostam a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have any that like stick out to you? I know for me it's Contra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've recently been just binging, binge listening to binge. Uh, Contra recently. Um, mm-hmm. But I think my favorite is just um, their self-titled. Yeah, the first one. It's just like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's great. There's like, a reason that these bands get famous, right? Yeah. Like I know with Arctic Monkeys and The Strokes, they were famous from the jump, right? Mm-hmm. Like first album, first songs, yeah. people are, are ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes into indie as well. I remember people like, um, this is just what's on my mind, like Claro or Snail Mail yeah. and people like that, like they're getting famous off of their first like YouTube mm-hmm. tracks, right? So I, it makes sense that their first albums are kind of their most beloved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the case for almost all of those bands. Yeah. Maybe not Arctic Monkeys, but, you know, give mm-hmm. or take. Is this it's definitely the Strokes' most famous album? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, um, but I've been listening to Father of the Bride recently, mm-hmm. and that's just a great album. I agree all around. Um, but I think from like start to finish, just their first one is just the mm-hmm. best in my opinion. Yeah, this is this is a good lead in into the next question mm-hmm. too. Um, so I think a lot of people like to talk about their progression, whether it be in a positive light or a negative mm-hmm. light, because their albums have changed slightly over time. Yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your take on if you think they have matured or if they've devolved over time, or do you think they just kind of ride a different wave with each album mm-hmm. and it's just different? Yeah. Um, so, like, if you look at their first album, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, it's a very, like, energetic album, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And it so... What was their second album? Was that Contra. Contra? Contra, gotcha. So I think they kind of chill out a little bit with Contra, mm-hmm. and then they come back in their third album. Um, and then I think that with Father of the Bride, it's kind of if you look at their first album and their most recent one, it's mm-hmm. definitely kind of like evolved into a more chill. Yeah, 
that's kind of what yeah. I describe it as too. I think they get artsy on mm-hmm. the last. Oh, definitely. Like it, it's definitely becomes more of a not singer songwriter, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like I it becomes you. much more um, melodic and mm-hmm. focused, less so on hooks and choruses yeah. and like really good like chords, mm-hmm. and more so focused on like songwriting. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of something I wanted to mention too is that I think. Father of the Bride is an interesting singular case, mm-hmm. and I think it is their biggest departure. Yeah. Um, because, and I think most people would agree with this, it's definitely a trilogy with their first oh, three yeah. albums, right? Like, mm-hmm. the aesthetic's sort of very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, the photos are definitely designed to be similar. Mm-hmm. The sort of um, graphic design is basically identical. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of, like, the band composition ends up being the same. Um but I wanted to know what your opinions are of the production, especially the change in production mm-hmm. going from Modern Vampires of the City to Father of the Bride. Because I think that does change it a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that... It's... I can go for the band or I can go for the production too. Yeah. Um, so for the band, it's just kind of like... I Like one of the tracks off of Modern Vampires, just like Diane Young is just a batshit crazy mm-hmm. song. And like it just kind of evolves mm-hmm. you know um until father of the bride <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like what do you mean by the production of it just like how like, it was made or yeah so like when i'm talking about production with bands in particular um i'm kind of getting the idea of like sound engineering so mm-hmm. like i know what i've noticed is that um father of the bride's a little warmer yeah it's definitely mastered to be a little more intimate mm-hmm. and a little bit less like you're listening to a band in a huge arena you're listening to a band in like a room yeah right like i think that's gen- generally the idea mm-hmm. it's definitely more of like a homey album um whereas if you listen to a track mm-hmm. you're you're like this is a band that wants to be famous like yeah. um i know it, like if you're in hip-hop or rap it's like they're hungry right mm-hmm. like they're they're wanting to be at the top mm-hmm. whereas father of the bride they know where they are in the industry mm-hmm. they want to make music that's a little bit more um artistically respected <laughs> or respected you know what i mean um i keep using claro as an example but like you see the difference between her last album and then the album before it, mm-hmm. um, I think it was Immunity and uh, Sling, respectively. And it's they're completely different, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. And in general, I think we agree on that. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about Vampire Weekend? Um, no. I mean, no? what's your favorite song off of there? Oh, man. Oh, anything? man. Um, Contra is definitely my favorite album that mm-hmm. they've done. Um, is it... What's the song that's saying something blue on... Uh, oh, Big Blue. Yeah, Big Blue. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite Vampire Weekend song. Um, so I think I think Father of the Bride has very high highs. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little more inconsistent in the first three, mm-hmm. and I think that's just kind of general consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it does have some really high highs. Um, but in terms of like an album, I think Contra is kind of where they really, their vision really kind of yeah got focused sets in and they um, go after it. Modern Vampires is definitely the one I listen to the least, mm-hmm. um, and I think yeah. that's also general consensus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely like uh, Vampire Weekend quite a bit, and I think they're kind of, uh, how would I phrase it? They're an indie band that has a lot of like influence on other indie bands. Yeah. Um, because they're one of the last bands that's still like active that people genuinely listen mm-hmm. to a lot. Um, I'd compare them to like Fleet Foxes in a way. Because gotcha. um, they're kind of like this band that's still very popular in the mainstream when that's sort of almost out of the question nowadays because mm-hmm. everything is singer-songwriter based yeah. or, you know, like one specific person. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Moving on, we have Wallows. Um, mm-hmm. 
give me give me just sort of like a general vibe check. Like where where are you at on Wallows? I I don't know. I like Wallows. Um, I think that it's kind of like definitely like an indie rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I like I, I just like general songs, general yeah. fan general yeah. Fan. Um, cause I, I, I'm asking this because I'm going for sort of a unique angle on this. Okay. Um, unique might not be the right word, <laughs> but, but a specific angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might know where I'm going with this, but Wallows is an interesting case. It's a very interesting case in the alternative rock scene because mm-hmm. they're an extremely successful band just regardless of context. Like mm-hmm. they've been doing very well. They're on huge features. Um, I'm trying to remember the specific album, but they had a huge feature recently. Um, I'd have to remember that. I need to do more research. <laughs> um, but they're also really notable for having like a celebrity yeah. on their band, mm-hmm. right? So Dylan Minnette is the celebrity. He's been in uh, movies and television. Mm-hmm. I know most people probably know him from 13 Reasons yeah. Why. He was also in Don't Breathe mm-hmm. and just a couple of other like random things back and forth. But, you know, well-respected actor, right? Yeah. So why do you think Wallows found so much success as sort of one of the only celebrity bands like, why do you think they made it as a celebrity band, big air quotes, mm-hmm. rather than a lot of other bands? Because I know there are countless yeah. celebrities that are in a band that you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. But Wallows, you have heard of, mm-hmm. right? So just general take. Um, I don't know. I think that, like, in a lot of cases, actors will go and make music when they're like, oh, I'm done acting, or I want to make music now. Um, but... With Wallows, I feel like they started out with music. Uh, the what was his name? Dylan, Dylan Minnette. Yeah, mm-hmm. he went on to do like Thirteen Reasons Why, and I think that's right. like definitely his biggest. So he he started the band before he was actually like uber famous mm-hmm. at this point. And so then, like after that, he kind of went back and focused more on the band. Right. But with um, a lot of other cases, like I don't know other actors have gone and done music and that hasn't been as successful or like Mm -hmm. a lot of bands go into acting and I don't know I think that uh, Dylan is definitely a jack of all traits in -hmm. some kind of way just because like he's good air quotes at acting mm-hmm. and, and he's also good at music, yeah, good that, at music. That, i mean that is important like yeah. a lot of these celebrities are really good at acting or they're mm-hmm. really good at music but they can't there, there's not a lot of crossover no, there right i mean that's really. a lot of talent for one person mm-hmm. i mean we talk about um people being um e egot like egots mm-hmm. so they have like all the academy awards yeah. at once and that only happens once in a blue moon mm-hmm. um i know like childish gambino was the last one that i think everybody's yeah. kind of like he's probably gonna get it mm-hmm. right um, I think John Legend was one of them. Mm-hmm. But, like, besides that, you know, these people end up being, like, uber celebrities, mm-hmm. right? These people don't even sing for, you know, albums anymore. They're there for the voice, yeah. right? They're there for the name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely could see how um, a case like Wallows wouldn't happen that often mm-hmm. just because there's less crossover. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that, like, him going into the band beforehand would end up mm-hmm. making that work because I know um, this is definitely singling out <laughs> a specific show but like half the people on Stranger Things have bands like oh, yeah. straight up half of them yeah. like Joe Curie's got a band mm-hmm. um, Dustin Wolfhard. I can't remember Dustin's name um, Gatton Matarazzo has mm-hmm. a band um, and then Finn Wolfhard has a band right mm-hmm. so it's like yeah like the most of them. who knows their names not really mm-hmm. anybody right so it's it's interesting to see somebody who i mean not like an uber celebrity i yeah. guess but like you know well known mm-hmm. being able to work in both lanes which i just think is really interesting mm-hmm. um, cuz that's definitely part of the appeal in a way you know mm-hmm. 
Um, what are your favorite songs from their catalog and why? Oh, man. Um, I think that Pleaser and OK are, like, my two mm-hmm. big ones. Um, mm-hmm. I really like Pleaser just because it's, like, I don't know. It, I like songs that tell a story, and it kind mm-hmm. of tells a story. And uh, with OK, I just, you know, mm-hmm. good, good vibe. song. Yeah. Good vibe. It's mm-hmm. like me with the Smiths where I'm like, there's, like, two songs like, I really like. Yeah. yeah. Um, are they, like, the most popular songs that they have, or is it just kind of, like, random songs that you yeah. just found that you were like, this um, is the vibe? So one day I was just kind of like, oh, I'll, I've heard a song mm-hmm. by Wallows. It was Scrawny, I believe, one mm-hmm. of my friends. Right. put it on a playlist and I was like oh this is a good song I should probably listen to like more of their music and mm-hmm. so I think OK and Pleaser are their top two songs and mm-hmm. um, I was like oh this is, is pretty good mm-hmm. and I think their album Nothing Happens I believe mm-hmm. I don't know um, but that's a good album there are a couple mm-hmm. tracks off of there that I'm like these are good yeah and I think it's I think it's important to sort of just mention that like it's always good to respect if somebody enjoys an artist just for their top songs. Because mm-hmm. there's a reason those are the top yeah, songs. Exactly. Like, I have plenty of people that I really only listen to their mm-hmm. top five. And, I mean, I'm an album guy at heart. Oh, yeah. But, like, there's plenty of people. I mean, I just mentioned Snail Mail. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely one of those people that's just scrolling through the top five on Spotify, right? Because yeah. that's just what I'm there for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's no diss to say, like, hey, you know... I listen to this person because, like, their best tracks are their best mm-hmm. tracks. Not everybody has, you know, a flawless catalog. Not yeah. everybody's Vampire Weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're definitely album people. Oh, yeah. Um, or, like, Tyler, the Creator. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention on Wallows? No, I think uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, so I included Hippocampus into the script. Mm-hmm. Um Kind of difficult to get a question out of that because they're a fairly mm-hmm. small band. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to give you the floor. And I can definitely pull questions yeah. from that. Um, I mean, over the summer I started listening to a couple of their songs with my girlfriend. I think Baseball and Buttercup are the like biggest two, mm-hmm. and Sophie So. Um, but I just started listening to those, and I was like, man, this is, mm-hmm. this is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think their songs are definitely indie, alternative, mm-hmm. rock, kind of. Um, maybe not rock, but mm-hmm. definitely indie, alternative. So so they're definitely a smaller band. Definitely. Because there's, there's not a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they said they were based out of North Carolina yeah. or something like that. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to ask, how do you go about finding music, especially for, like, smaller artists? Because, mm-hmm. like, if you're looking for Tyler, the Creator, or Vampire Weekend, yeah. you'll find them. They're probably on the front page. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're looking for Hippocampus or even somebody like Wallows, it's going to be a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you look for music? Do you ha- have people tell you about mm-hmm. um, artists and albums and songs? Do you go looking on your own? Mm-hmm. I just think this is always a fun question. Um, yeah, no, I always love, like, asking people, like, oh, what's a song that I should listen to that mm-hmm. not many people know about? And, right. Like, what's your favorite weird song? Mm-hmm. Like, um. I love having my friends make playlists for me because mm-hmm. it's like I get like a little bit of their music taste and mm-hmm. what they think my music it's like taste a capsule. would be. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of it is just kind of like asking people, "Oh, what should I listen to?" I've been like looking for new bands and stuff, and you know, just stuff to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. But I always love asking people, like, "What should I listen to now?" and mm-hmm. Make a playlist or whatever. Because I, I, I've asked people and I've gotten so many different answers, mm-hmm. which is just so fun in general. I've had people go like, 
you know, oh, I go to like the record store and I pull an album out and I'm like, I'm going to listen to this and mm-hmm. be, you know, happy with it. And I have people that I know personally that are like, I swear by the daily mix on Spotify. That's yeah. how I find things. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just super interesting to see how people find stuff because mm-hmm. that's how you get all that breath, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also a playlist on Spotify called like Indie Garden or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those songs are just yeah. kind of like indie songs and mm-hmm. from there's whole big bands. There's definitely a couple of Spotify playlists, and I'm speaking from somebody who, as somebody who uses Spotify. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Apple Music oh, no, guy. Me neither. Um, so I can't speak to that side. I know they do have good playlists, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely some Spotify playlists that sort of pride themselves on being indie alternative-based, but mm-hmm. they're not, like, hyper-focused on one genre or one band. Mm-hmm. I know the quintessential one, at least in my mind, is Pollen. Mm. And you've probably heard of yeah. Pollen. It's, like, all over the place, right? You have everything from, like, Lana Del Rey to Grimes to yeah. Snail Mail to Claire. Like, literally anything mm-hmm. that's, like, internet-focused, it's on there. Yeah. So there are definitely ways to find music there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Hippocampus? Um, no, I mean... Just an overall good band. Go Huge shout them. out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Small band needs needs some love. Needs some love. Mm-hmm. Um, semi-local. Ish. Semi-local-ish. Yeah. Southeast. It's southeast, Southeast. Yeah. So the sort of last big topic I wanted to talk about, unless you just have ideas, mm-hmm. um, and this is kind of off the wall. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you're just a fan of Wes Anderson. Yeah. And um, I always wanted to talk about, like, movies on this mm-hmm. podcast, and I've done it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to spin it a certain way, yeah. right? Because we are music focused, yeah. you know. We got to figure out how I'm going to talk about it. But I think I've got a good angle for this. Um, so just hear me out. Known as sort of the one of most recognizable filmmakers in Hollywood. I mean, he has he's an auteur in every sense of the mm-hmm. word, right? I mean, his visual style is extremely distinct, very like diorama, yeah, definitely style, very flat, mm-hmm. very storybook. Mm-hmm. Um, the casting is always very interesting because mm-hmm. he has people that he routinely works with i know bill murray's bill huge. murray um, jason schwartzman jason schwartzman uh owen wilson's owen up wilson. there luke um, wilson luke wilson and he's adding new people into that mm-hmm. repertoire as well um especially like from this new um crop of actors that's mm-hmm. sort of been coming up there's definitely been a huge push yeah. like timothy chalamet is going to be definitely one, you know? absolutely um so storyboarding as well as this, the stories are very similar in mm-hmm. some ways right um lots of like time skips and stuff like that yeah um, there's a great SNL skit, um, and I I think it's like the murder in the midnight oh, yeah, I, or something like that, where it, it's a great yeah. example of like seeing all these different things mm-hmm. if you're not familiar. Um, but sort of all this stuff remains consistent across several of his films of like varying genres and tones. Mm-hmm. But his ear for soundtracks has stayed really consistent. Like Definitely. all of the soundtracks are good, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So my question is, and this is more conversational because I just want to talk about this. Um, what Wes Anderson film, in your opinion, has the best soundtrack, and why? Ooh. Because um, this is a tough question. He's got yeah. nine films right now, like nine major films. Mm-hmm. We're probably not going to talk about Bottle Rocket, sadly. Yeah. I hate to say it. <laughs> Rip Bottle Rocket. So there's like eight in the running. Yeah. Um, I That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is definitely mm-hmm. one that has a great range of absolutely yeah um music on it i think my favorite soundtrack is the royal tenenbaum soundtrack Mm -hmm, just because mm -hmm. it's like weird and like quirky and just like it goes along really well with the movie 
Mm-hmm. Um, definitely um, Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest, yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite movie of his. I think that's my favorite movie of his, yeah. too. I think, I think it's the most, like, consistent. Wes Anderson Wes Anderson. It is Wes Anderson, yeah. like, to a T. I do feel like French Connection. French Dish Bats, actually. Um, it, it's looking pretty, like, good. Oh, yeah. I, I'm seeing it. It could be, like, a top three if it oh, yeah. pans out. I'm excited um, for it. So, so soundtrack-wise, you'd say it's probably Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think so. Grand Budapest. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Because Grand Budapest is definitely my favorite movie mm-hmm. of his. Um, soundtrack-wise, I kind of jump around a little bit. Mm-hmm. My favorite song is the credit song for the Darjeeling Limited. Yes. Um, yeah. Les Chants Felices, mm-hmm. um, French song. It's beautiful. It's amazing, mm-hmm. and it's perfect for the uh, film. But that's definitely my favorite song I think he's used. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, love, love the covers that he uses for The Life Aquatic. Yes. Oh, my god. They're all David Bowie covers, right? Yep. And it's, um, I think it's Pele. It's a, I think he's South African. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, I think he's either South African or like Haitian or something. Yeah. Um, he might be Caribbean. You know, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, no, they're all perfect and they're amazing. And it fits the vibe yeah. of the film perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I, I really love that soundtrack. Um, again, the Darjeeling Limited has an excellent soundtrack. And I mm-hmm. think it really lifts that movie up in yeah. my rankings a lot. Because um, the movie itself is good. But mm-hmm. I think the soundtrack really yeah. picks that one up. Um, and then a sleeper hit, I think Rushmore's soundtrack is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, I love mm-hmm. the sort of homey, quaint sound to it. Um, it's a personal favorite mm-hmm. of his films. I think I'd probably rank it like two mm-hmm. um, next you. to Grand Budapest. Yeah. Um, maybe even neck and neck. I really do like it. Um, so, yeah, I, I would definitely say that those are kind of my top ones. Mm-hmm. But overall favorites, that Darjeeling oh, yeah. song. That is that is perfect. Perfect <laughs> execution. There's, like, a train going into the yep. uh, background. It's perfect. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, mm. So what – how would I describe this? Does this influence what movie you consider to be your favorite? Because I know it kind of changes my opinion again. Like, mm-hmm. Rushmore goes up a spot maybe. Darjeeling goes up, yeah. like – Five. Oh yeah. You know. Um, I mean, I think that Wes Anderson is a director who really takes re- anything and everything into um, mind when he starts and finishes a movie. So I think that he definitely does choose great songs for like portraying emotions and like making you feel some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. There's a lot of like banjos and that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of like gives the feel of like a farm and that's kind of the mm-hmm. that's a big yeah. There's of it. there's definitely like an instrument yeah palette is mm-hmm. the right word I guess. Um, going into like um, there's a lot of like acoustics and stuff on mm-hmm. Rushmore because it's so homey, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you get into like Darjeeling. There's definitely a little bit of like Desi, mm-hmm. you know, kind of vibes, which is understandable because it's in India. Mm-hmm. Um, Grand Budapest is, you know, period correct kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely the case of like, yeah, the soundtracks are kind of molded because mm-hmm. he's he's not just doing like original cuts. I mean, he yeah. goes all over the place. There's original mu- music. There's covers, mm-hmm. and especially in the case of the Life Aquatic. Exactly. Um, perfect. Um, and then talking about, like, he'll just pluck songs that he likes mm-hmm. that just happen to work. Um, I can't remember which movie it is, but I know Queen Bitch is used. It might be Life Aquatic, where it's, I like, just so. perfectly done. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely appreciate his soundtracks, because mm-hmm. I think it just adds to the yeah the rest of it. The rest is sort of the Wes Anderson vibe. Mm-hmm. I know um, I know I'm going to see French Dispatch oh, yeah. on release. Yeah. Like, I'm 
pumped. Yeah. I think it's the same day as Dune, actually. Is it? I believe so. Yeah, so. Double feature, there you go. Yeah, double feature. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've pretty much exhausted all my talking points. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to just, like, shout out or anything that you just want to, like, throw out there as, like, a band you're interested in, song, genre, just, like... Um... This is the, you know, shotgun pellet. You can yeah. just throw stuff out. Uh, I've recently been listening to a band called Blue Sound. Um, okay. okay. Queen Bee, I think, is my favorite track off of any Queen of Bee. their music. Yeah, it's an Atlanta-based band. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of them, like the band, bandmates, whatever, bandmates, uh, band musicians, yeah. uh, graduated from my high school. And so, okay. yeah, yeah. That's listen sick. to Queen Bee. Sweet. All righty. Um, all right. That pretty much wraps up the episode. Um Right on. I bid you adieu. You've been an excellent guest. Um, and I'm really excited to get back to this season. I'm really pumped. This is actually the last season of Seth Spins. I'm going to be graduating. Um, still trying to figure out how I'm going to, you know, hand down the mantle, what I'm going to do with that. But uh, just keeping it posted. Um, if you're interested in the podcast or want to recommend it to somebody, you can go to my Instagram at Seth Chambliss, though, T-H-O. And then there is a link in the bio, and that will take you directly to this podcast. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you all have an excellent day. Thank you so much.